don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I got it. I think I'm going to say happiness is. I want to make you happy. Yeah, happy fall. I'm so excited. I really love this time of year. And I fucking love this weather. It is. I wish someplace existed where this was the weather year round. That would be paradise. (laughs) But yeah, I'm so excited, enthralled, happy. I don't know if enthralled makes sense in this sentence, but I am excited to be releasing the next regular episode of Happiness Is a dot dot dot. We have a great interview today, very insightful, very fun. But before we get to that, as always, we have our little pre-show section. And uh, I've been thinking really hard about why I'm feeling happy today. Sometimes it's kind of difficult to answer that question, but it's a good question to ask yourself because some days really fucking suck. And it's good to have that little uh, fun moment in the day that you can kind of hold on to and, and run with it when you need to. Today doesn't suck, but I'm just having a little trouble pinpointing something down. Okay, I think I have a couple reasons why I'm feeling happy today. The first reason is because I have been listening to my old school playlists that I made in like 2006 to 2010. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to (laughs) go down memory lane. And you know how music can just inspire so many memories. And just thinking about when I was in a ridiculous college student and driving around with my friends and blasting songs such as Move Bitch, (laughs) such classics as Move Bitch and Make It Rain and all of these ridiculous songs that we used to love and scream at the top of our lungs. Also some dance songs, always some 90s songs thrown in there both 90s alternative and regular 90s. What else? (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think. I have so many playlists and they're literally all the same playlists, just in different orders. I I have like a drinks playlist, driving around. I have Lisa's number one jams, which is like a big mix of everything. It's like Billy Joel, a lot of rap and hip hop. Chili Peppers, Sublime, like all of these all of these songs that I loved and love to sing along with. And songs that I can sing to are so important to me. So I guess that's another reason why I feel happy today, because I love singing. 
absolutely horrendous at it, but it just makes me happy. And I don't care if people are listening. I actually love to have an audience and it makes me crack up when people complain about my voice. So <laughs> uh, that makes me happy too. That wasn't one of my original reasons, but uh, we'll just throw it in there. The other thing that's making me happy today, um, I think, as I mentioned, it's the weather. I just love this weather. No more AC, just having the windows open, hearing the people outside screaming angrily on the street. (laughs) It probably shouldn't make me happy, but it does. I love hearing people literally like, fuck you on their phones. Uh, I just always wonder what they're talking about. And that's one of the beautiful things about living in New York. It actually cracks me up. So (laughs) even though the weather is beautiful and I can hear people angrily yelling outside, it's very soothing to me. And I love having the windows open. I have a ton of plants and they love having the windows open. So now it's just the perfect time for all of that. And the last thing that's making me happy is that I joined the Peloton cult. And no offense to anyone who belongs to Peloton, but it is a little culty. And I'm now, I've now drank the Kool-Aid. But, uh... My friend Nikki uh, from the first episode, she is leaving on her bus very soon. And she was kind enough to gift me her exercise bike, which is not a Peloton, but it's very close to a Peloton, I guess. It's like a little knockoff of it. But it's still great, and I signed up for the Peloton app, and I've been going ham on my bike, and I absolutely love it. Every morning, I just feel so good after. It took a while for me to get back into exercise. Uh, When I was hypomanic, I used to exercise like six days a week. I lost so much weight, but it feels really good to get back to it just in like a... (laughs) a normal and balanced way and doing it because it makes me feel good and it's a great mental health booster and just physical health booster instead of like putting so much pressure on myself for weight loss and all this stuff. Like the, the meaning of the exercise has really changed for me. And so that makes me happy too, because now I actually want to exercise. I'm not forcing myself into it. But yeah, Peloton, love it. If you work out with it, let me know because I love to chat Peloton. And uh, yeah. And no, they're not paying me for this, even though they definitely should. So <laughs> so those are my three reasons for being happy today. Not, nothing super exciting, but it's the little things, I think. And again, we have to grab onto those little moments in our day and kind of run with them because that's kind of all we have. And it also helps us be present, you know. And today's podcast is actually all about being present. But again, we'll get to that momentarily. 
Uh, I want to know why you're feeling happy today. So please send me your emails. I really want to start getting these into the pre-show just so it's interactive. And I want this to be like a community podcast. And I want to hear what happiness means to you guys. So just send in those submissions. And as soon as we start getting them, we'll start reading them here on the pod. You can tweet them, you can email them, whatever you fancy, just get them in. (laughs) And that's an order. (laughs) No, just kidding. But it's a plea, please. Okay, this is, it's going too far. Now I sound like I'm down on my knees. So we'll just move on because I could keep rambling about that forever, as you've probably realized at this point. So now it's time for our lovely tarot reading of the day. And if you haven't already, you can check out the mini-sode from the beginning of this month. Uh, I'll Every month, I'm going to do a little mini-sode that's just a tarot reading for the month ahead. I I love tarot, and even though it's unrelated, I feel like it's just a fun little thing to do and a fun thing to look into. Nothing too serious, but nothing not too serious either. (laughs) Just a new way to think about things. I'm doing the shuffle. Not the Cupid Shuffle, the Tarot Shuffle. And by the way, I'm also using the Light Sears deck. And I feel like at this point, you can kind of assume that this is the deck that I'll be using, unless I say otherwise. Coming up on the last few shuffles, though, we'll see if anything falls out. Nothing fell out, so I'm just going to draw from the top of the pile. Oh, and I drew the card Temperance. This card is also part of the Major Arcana, and I think every card that we've pulled so far has been in the Major Arcana. So, again, just for any new people tuning in, the Major Arcana, they kind of relate to, like, our soul journey. It's like the big puzzle pieces the edge, the border of the puzzle, and the minor arcana are the pieces that fill in the puzzle. So it's like how we need to, what we need to do in order to reach or fulfill the major arcana cards. So temperance, uh, when I first started reading tarot, I used to draw this card all the time. So in this deck, it's a figure with wings and he's holding a moon in one hand and a sun in the other hand, just kind of sitting on the ground. But there's like a very intense look. He's like smoldering almost. And you know, what's interesting is he has the wings, but it doesn't look like they're on him. It looks like a full angel is behind him. So it's kind of like that guidance. Um, I feel like I always say the cards are about balance, but I really feel like they are. And maybe that's just because I need balance in my own life. (laughs) But uh, yeah, this card is balance, moderation, maybe finding that masculine, feminine balance um, energetically. It's about being fluid, having patience, finding your purpose. Yeah, and I just think... 
maybe not balance, but bringing two sides together, I think, is is the message behind temperance. Opposites. Opposites attract. <laughs> but I feel like this card to me, at least to me, it speaks very energetically. And I always like to think of it as like having two feet in two different camps, but uniting them through us. So it's like one side is very earthly. We're driven. We're career oriented. We're making moves, taking action. But on the other side, we're spiritual and intuitive beings. And sometimes I feel like we do get out of balance with those two sides. But balance isn't something that's static. It's something that's constantly in motion. So usually we do let that kind of masculine energy overpower us. I mean, everywhere is different. But I think that in New York, at least, you know, it's very hustle. It's very go, go, go and career and trying to make it, we'll say. Uh, And I think that in a lot of places and especially cities that that is kind of always the vibe. And I think temperance is just telling us to slow down a little bit sometimes, you know, just slow down and smell the roses. Let that kind of feminine, caring nature come out as well. And not only caring for others, but caring for self, which is just as important. Because if you don't care for yourself, you can't give your best to everything else. So yeah, I feel like temperance really isn't too complicated. It's bringing those sides together and letting both express themselves through you. You're the vessel. So these energies are melding together in your body. And what you choose to do with them is up to you, but making sure that at least you pay attention to both sides and become the, yeah, let them come through your vessel and creating things from that energy, generating things from both sides. All right. (laughs) I'm going to stop rambling about that now too, but I think that that's pretty solid advice. And I think it's interesting advice considering my guest today. So today I sat down with my friend, Deborah. She is someone who I met through the happy house, my yoga studio in Astoria. And uh, we kind of became fast friends. We just clicked, I think, similar energy, similar wavelength, and thought processes on a lot of things. So we met through the happy house, but then we joined the same tarot study group. She's also very into tarot and like, also very into astrology. She actually has an astrology podcast called Whose Sign Is It Anyway?, where her and her sister kind of go into astrological topics and how the planets are moving and how that's affecting us. But yeah, she's a really cool person. And I think that we had a great conversation, talked a lot about being present, a lot about just finding solace in those moments of clarity throughout our day when we can. And I guess we'll just let the interview speak for itself. (laughs) All right. 
I hope you enjoy this interview with Deborah. Yes, sir. Let us feel fun in every situation. Don't want this empty set in a decision. Hey, good vibration. You know? You know? Hi, my name is Deborah Prado, and happiness is presence. Well, being in the presence, not presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. But do you care to expand? Like, I don't know. I think happiness is presence, but a lot of people have difficulty living in the present. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's part of why like achieving happiness feels so difficult and unattainable because we don't have those practices of like being in the present. Like um I find that a lot of people chase happiness in like the future. Like I need this, I need to be here until I have this, until I do that. And then they'll be happy, right? So it's like always like reaching and striving, which of course is like amazing to set up goals and to have like plans and all that. But you're never going to find the happiness because you're never actually going to get there. Yeah, I think that that's like a hard concept for people to grasp because if you don't work on yourself in the present, when you reach those goals, you're still going to, be that same person, which isn't a bad thing, but, you know, something in the future isn't going to help you now. Exactly. <laughs> like, like getting in touch with yourself now is, is the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I feel like people downplay present because like finding happiness in the present, like me sitting here and like talking to you and doing this with you, it's like, oh, okay. People would just be like, it's like an everyday thing or like very casual. But like, I think finding happiness in the present is also finding gratitude, like having the time to do this, having a friend who's doing such a cool ass project, like, you know, like that little pieces, I think makes happiness and helps you find it in the present. Because a lot of times it's like easy to overlook. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, I was actually thinking last night because I live alone and I feel like I'm not really ever present. Like, I always have the TV on. When I have the TV on, I'm looking at my phone. When I'm looking at my phone, I'm listening to music. Like, there's just always something going on that's like a distraction. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that it's really a distraction. It's dissociation, too. Yeah, exactly. And I cleaned my apartment yesterday and I just felt so happy. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, like I can just sit here and be happy. I don't have to turn the TV on now. You know, it was eye opening to me. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Yeah. And I consider myself like a spiritual person. I meditate and all of that stuff. But to really just sit and be present when you're not meditating is something completely different, I think. And another reason why meditation is so hard for people because yeah. they can't find that like present space. And so they're just like, oh, I can't shut off my thoughts and I can't keep thinking like, am I doing this right? Instead of just like being the concept of being is very broad and I feel like trade and overspoken, but at the same time, the practice of being is very underdone. Yeah. I think, yeah, like, especially now with the emergence of the wellness industry and stuff, I do feel like it is something that's just become, oh, be present, you know, and a lot of people may consider it like woo-woo, if you will. Yeah. 
So what would be your advice to those people? (laughs) Well, honestly, it's going to sound like a little bitchy, but I feel like a lot of that tied into like over like paranoia and like, cause it's like, well, it's like my parents, like even with my dad, where I'm just like, I'm really happy, like cooking and doing this. Like, I don't need to make a lot of money and all that. And he's like, that's you being like delusional. And I'm just like, no, it's like you, we have our life experiences. And like, as you're older, you also have like learned certain experiences can sometimes like in a way traumatize you, of course. Um, And I just think that that causes like us like doing stuff from like a place of fear from trauma or paranoia or like overthinking can kind of make people think like being in the present is like wasteful and spoiled like you know you always have to plan you have to do this and it's just like life is going to come at you any which way and like life is very precious so enjoy it like there's we're not on here on this planet to like be scared every day or like be living in the future that never comes and because it can I know this is very dramatic <laughs> but like as anyone who's had like people pass in their life like especially when they're younger it's like you we may not really have that next day like why be worrying about the future when like you don't even know if you're going to be like blessed enough to get that right yeah it, it's it is very interesting because I feel like we take our lives for granted But like, I feel like my mom always used to say the same thing. Like, I don't get why everyone has to be happy all the time. Like (laughs) go to work and you know, that's it. Just shut up about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what life is. Really? Yeah. Like, do you think that that's generational or do you think that there's like a fear in them also of like being present and finding that happiness? I don't know. I feel like it may be like some sort of guilt, but also a little bit of fear, if that makes sense. (laughs) Definitely. And it's like different for everybody, like being first generation. So I have a story of like an immigrant family and like, so that definitely plays into it. But I also think it's generational. Like, I'm sorry, these baby boomers like had it like a whole other way. Like it was easier for them to like go get like, a professional job and to like buy a house and like get have a car and like live in excess you know like situations were different and now when things like are economically different um the political landscape is different and like with the age of like the internet like our consumption of like information is different so we just I think like as a millennial I've learned that like I don't need to do the things the same as everybody else, like, because that doesn't guarantee happiness. Like, their parents are always like, you know, you have those milestones and you do it and then you're a great person and you're happy, right? You achieve happiness by following these milestones, but like, they don't. Like, (laughs) my parents, as an example, I love them, or like my dad, but like, you can get bogged down and still, even if you achieve these things, not be happy. And so then I'm just like, then let's find what makes us happy as individuals. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a little abstract, but. Yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know. There's a lot of different layers to that generation. Like my uh, grandparents are immigrants. So my mom was first generation. Um, 
and they were Holocaust survivors, both of my mom's parents. So I feel like she just had a different view of the world and work was her whole life from a very young age. And I feel like their standards of happiness, like you said, were like going to work, getting the house, having money. And I still feel like those societal norms are still at play, maybe less so, but I still feel like a lot of people try to hit those milestones to find their happiness, which I, I don't know. I think it's interesting, but at the same time, there's like a whole new wave of people like you and me who are like trying to pave their own way and find something that does bring them joy. Like I know for me, happiness and work have to be like synonymous, you know? I can't work. Most people like us are that are in that position of like, I guess it's in a way of like trauma. We've like inherited trauma of like being forced to do like almost like live like indentured servitude. Like we've seen like our parents like work so hard just like for those things and then also still be unhappy and like continue struggle. And then like we're just like, um, I want to. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to waste my time just working and me sound like bratty. Like, I feel like I definitely have like eternal guilt and shame for saying that. But at the same time, like, I value happiness more than I do those like external accomplishments, right? Yeah, same. Like for a long time, I was like, I'm such a failure. I work at all these corporate things and I feel like my soul is being sucked out of my body. Like oh I can't God. do it. <laughs> yeah. I know you've been having that same struggle. For yeah, you know, I'm very intimately. Yeah. Like I work as a pharmacist and it's a literally a nine to five job right now. But like every day I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like the way human life is structured now is like not conducive to human life, you know? Well, there's so much changing. So I feel like there needs to also be change in how we live. Like, is it so wrong that we want to just do it differently than what we've seen or we've been raised as? Like we have to be like, as humans, things are always evolving and changing and adapting. Like, lifestyles have not been the same across the board and over generations and I think that's part of like the problem with like baby boomers versus like millennials they're like why are you doing this and it's because like you may think your way was awesome but it sucked like you know (laughs) it did yeah (laughs) it's like I feel like it's a big yoga concept that you look at everything on a grand scale and everything is constantly changing and the smaller you get everything is still constantly changing like even on a molecular level we're different every day you know yeah and so I feel like that's why living presently is so important because things change we change and it's accepting of that change too, like being flexible so we don't get bogged down by like a situation you know Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot to think about, but I feel also, yeah, like I feel like it's a lot to think about, but it's also not a lot to think about, you know, like just be here. (laughs) Exactly. We actually tend to overthink it, over rationalize it. And like, 
It was funny, actually, when I spoke to you originally about doing this uh, podcast episode, I got the um, Ten of Cups card in the tarot. Like, I was just like, let me just pull a card for like this. And so it's like about joy, right? So then I got really into how joy is really something that has to be felt in the present because like, you know, the 10 of cups, it's like a rainbow and the kids are playing and like they adults are like looking at the rainbow. It's kind of like almost nostalgic. They're like, look at everything we've accomplished. Look like now through all that work, like we have this rainbow, but the kids are really the embodiment of the joy where they're just like, they're not, wasting it on like thinking about like the past or the present like they're in the moment and like even the adults who are like looking up at the rainbow they're just in that moment looking at that and it's feeling it it's not like living in like the pain of the past or the worry of the future you know yeah so it was funny I really got, I got that card that day <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is funny and I love that I love that interpretation. I knew you would because of the tarot. Yeah. <laughs> love that tarot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I was just talking about this with on another episode about kids and their ability to just like act on their instinct, I think. Like talking about humans as animals which we are, and I feel like our behaviors emulate that, but we don't really think about it that way. But we have conscious thought, which differentiates us from the other animals. And I feel like we impose our conscious thought on onto kids. Like mm -hmm. they're just them, and we kind of turn them into these people who are constantly worried and constantly stressed. And, you know, if you look at, our parents, they inherit their parents' trauma. We inherit our parents' trauma. And like, that's what we're constantly focusing on trying to work that's through. And evolve from, right? Yeah. It's very interesting. I feel like kids have the ability to be the most present. And we yeah. always like discredit that, I think. I know. We like, oh, you're foolish, whatever. But like, that's honestly one reason why I have not even come like hesitant about having kids but have become very conscious of the decision to have kids because like it's a big ass responsibility like it's not like growing up you're like oh you just have kids and like you take care of them but actually have, giving them I feel like the capability the ability the bandwidth to make the most out of their life like I am 32 years old and I feel like I genuinely only found happiness over the past three years. And I'm like, damn, if I can give a kid the ability to genuinely be happy from like even earlier, like imagine what they can accomplish, you know, like that's really cool to me. But then also I'm like, I could fuck them up really easily too, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm 34 and I just started to find happiness. I would say when I was 30, but maybe even later than that, like earlier this year, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it takes a lot and having kids is a lot, especially in today's climate. Yeah. Literally and figuratively, like the environment is melting. <laughs> it's literally on fire. 
yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but maybe it also has something to do with like our Saturn returns. Like it definitely, like astrologically, when we're having that return to like that karmic planet, um, it really changes your perspective. And I think like having that shift then lets us see like, and it's also like, what do we have to do? It's kind of like the taskmaster. So it's like, what have we not accomplished yet that we've wanted to? How have we lost sight of it? And how do we want to do it? What's the work I have to do to get there? And I think it's that like shift. I think like reunite personally, maybe that's why like somebody had this like happiness journey is that like, I want happiness, like plain and simple. It's not so much like I want to become the CEO of a bank or whatever. Like it's needing that that joy in us, you know? Like, how do I get that? And we've done the work to do it, you know? Yeah. I actually want to talk about your astrology journey (laughs) and if that like aids you in finding your present, your presence in the present and your happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I like, so I've always been into astrology. Like I've always been, I guess everyone's always like, what's your horoscope or what's your like zodiac sign? So I've always was very into that. And like, even in high school, like I, one reason why I started dating like my boyfriend and like now husband is because like we had the same moon. Like I was like, oh, so like we'll get each other with the same. (laughs) Um, But like over the past, like three years, two years, I really like feel like I became like a student of it, you know? Um, and it's just giving me tools to accept the present and this present situation and realize like, it's not about like, woe is me or I'm like, I'm in this situation. It's, they're all opportunities. And like, even though they, some opportunities are shittier than others, like it's still an opportunity for like something to come out of it. And it, it just gives me so much less like resistance. Like, you know what I mean? It's like with tarot. Like if you get a shitty card or not, there's really like no such thing as shitty cards. It's like daunting cards, right? Same thing with like certain transits or planet placements in your chart. It's just like, okay, so this is what it's saying it is. Like, but it's also telling you, you have like the rainbow at the end of it is like how you overcome it. And learning those tools on how to overcome gives you strength. And like, for me, like, I think that's so fucking cool. Like my Scorpio moon, it's supposed to be in its fall, like one of the worst placements, right? But like, it's giving me so much depth. It's giving me so much empathy. It's given me so much to like, I used to feel like my feelings were like the death of me. And now it's like, it gives me the ability to connect people and empathize with people and like kind of really understand people on a deeper level. So like, that's so cool, but it's technically a really shitty placement, you know? Yeah. It's really uncanny how accurate astrology is. It <laughs> like, is, yes. I like feel you can't like, fight it. Yeah. Like even when I was in a time of crisis a few months ago, I started reading Chani. Is that how you oh, Chani yeah, that's how cool. And then your sister did my birth chart at... <laughs> I like did my own research also and I was like that's why I am the way I am you know like it just brings so much light into who you are and exactly like you just kind of stop resisting and it's not like something's wrong with me you know or like what what is wrong why am I not like that it's more like 
this is your gift and like this is uniquely you and I think yeah. like, individuality is also so empowering from astrology yeah I think so too and I think embracing your individuality definitely helps with being present as well I feel like still like we were talking about our parents but they're still this molds that people feel like they have to fit into. And I feel like now with social media, it's, you know, you have to look, look a certain way or you want to be an influencer or whatever. It's like a different mold, but still a lot of pressure. Yeah. People should embrace the way that they are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, do you see my face? I'm like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so bad. And like, I know I need to embrace it more, but it's just, well, that's a struggle of my Scorpio moon. Like I'm very like protective of like my privacy and like slightly guarded. So like that's what social media is not easy to me, you know? Yeah. I, I'm a Capricorn moon, so I don't really know what that means because I'm not well-versed in astrology, but I'm like in and out with social media. (laughs) You're good. Like, you're very, I feel like because you know not to take it too seriously. Yeah. Like, on my personal profile, I don't post as much, but I have my business profiles that I'm on every day. So it's just, like, a part of my routine, I guess, you know. Yeah. I love it. Also, because you're so, like, community-centered that even remember what we were talking about, you're like, oh, I was like, oh, your happy house. And you're like, oh, it was our happy house. And I'm like, no, Lisa, it was yours. <laughs> like, I know. It's so like, weird. Yeah, like you don't do like self-focus, which I feel like is refreshing. But you should do it a little bit more because you do deserve like the accolades of like your accomplishments. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, even at our tarot meeting, I said I was feeling more like a they them recently, but it's just because I feel like, collective like people are always with me guides are always with me you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but still she her primarily (laughs) but yeah I don't know social media is a weird place (laughs) speaking of she um her he them I mean they them um do you ever hear the term nibblings Mm -hmm. I just saw like Jennifer Lopez like He's doing this documentary with her nibbling, which is like a niece, like a gender neutral niece or nephew. And I was like, that is such a cool term. I've never heard of it before. Nibbling? Yeah, it's like sibling, but a nibbling because it's your Oh, nibbling. nibbling. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you said nibbling. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's a good term. I like it. (laughs) I thought that was cute. That is. Yeah. I wish I knew more about astrology though, but even just having the birth chart is so helpful. Yeah. And I recommend it if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is so helpful, I think, to accepting ourselves and like being less judge like judgy on ourselves. And then also then that teaches you to be less judgy onto others and like more understanding of others. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I don't know where to what to say even because that really sums it up. Like yeah. individuality is so important and we should try more to be nicer to ourselves, which That's will help us be present. Yes. And like 
that's honestly one reason why I um, started doing health coaching because I find that the ultimate form of like kindness on others is kindness on yourself. And like a lot of times, like doing that through food, I think is like one of the ultimate forms because like we, it's so weird. So like we like a lot of times like consider like fitness and health such an external thing. Like how do people look? And even like with their vitality, like understand like with energy or whatever, but like um, it is so much more internal. Like we don't think about like how our organs function, like our nutrient reserves, like our, the oxygen in our body, like the nutrients in our blood. Like we don't think about that because it's like so automated and it's something we've taken for granted. But like, I think giving your body the nutrients and nourishment that it needs and deserves it just gives back to you so much and like so it's like your liver like giving it the glucose that it needs giving the like the minerals that your brain needs and then they're able to work that much better it's like you know when you're tired and it's like sluggish and then all of a sudden you have like a drink of like your green juice your smoothie like ooh, and like imagine that on the microcosm level like you were talking about like cellular level and that just gives you the capacity to genuinely be happy, to do the things you love and all that stuff. I really do think like it comes down to like nourishment. Yeah, I totally agree, which is also why I became a dietitian because- And by the way, we're both tourists. So of course we find happiness through <laughs> Yeah, seriously. But it's like, you know, I went through- school and there's all these articles eating this is healthy no never mind it's not healthy anymore eating this is better no actually it's not better like there's just so many conflicting things and I realize it's because we're all different exactly no one blanket way to eat for everybody on this planet because if you look at people in China they eat rice every day and here in America that would be like so frowned upon, you know? So. How, um, like there was like studies on the paleo diet that like caveman diet and like how they've done like more like um, archeological work and stuff to find out more about it. And the caveman diet literally was so variant. Like some of them were like hundred percent vegetarian. Some ate meat all the time. It just all depended on where they were living, you know? So it's not like the form of paleo diet that we have now where like all this meat and like no grains or like any like glucose or anything like that. It's just like, no, that's not what it was. Like you're fooling yourself and you're literally gonna like hurt your body by like doing something that maybe it's not good for you. Yeah, and like the macronutrients are called that for a reason because we need all of them to function properly. (laughs) But it's just crazy. And I totally agree, like on a base level, learning how to eat for yourself is so important. Just on like keeping your body healthy and keeping your mind healthy and helping you live live now and live every day so you could do what you do and like it's we were saying like it's ultimate form of kindness to yourself like your body definitely responds to that gratefully and then you're able to do that to others 
you know, everything's like a mirror, they say, right? So like, if you do that to yourselves, you're easier, like easily able to do that to others. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting that food has become so complicated. Mm -hmm. Like I know I struggled with binge eating and there are all sorts of disorders and things around food where it does become used like a drug because we're not living presently and we're trying to like cover things up with using the food. (laughs) And so I feel like the way to overcome that is to really change, at least how I like reined it in was to really change my way of thinking and to let those thoughts come up. And it is scary, which is another reason why I think people don't like living presently it's scary you have to face your demons you know exactly (laughs) but at the end of the day you'll be so much better for it you just face it and let it go and then you never have to think about it again you you get better and better at handling the situation you know exactly it's actually do have a theory on like the anger that's happening all around us and just seems to be like escalating and like or I guess just more recorded on phones, <laughs> is that it has to do with toxicity of like food and like specifically liver, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, the liver regulates anger and everyone's so freaking angry. And I'm just like, cause everyone has like toxic livers, like the increase in like fatty liver in people with non-alcoholic backgrounds. And it's like, okay, like it definitely goes back to like how we nourish ourselves. And just like, again, like you treat, you make your liver angry, you're going to be angry towards people. You treat your liver kindly, you'll be kind towards people. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, I, I feel like my liver is probably healthy then. So. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is because you are happiness in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just also feel like it's contributing to so many of our health problems. Like, again, not a doctor, disclaimer, but I feel like, yeah, (laughs) I feel like autism and things like that. Like, I really feel like it's due to the shitty food (laughs) and the hormones and antibiotics that people are eating every day. And the chemicals. and fat, and we consume that, and it's just, you know, I don't feel like it's the vaccines. I think it's the food, <laughs> in all honesty. I think it has, a, it's definitely, it's so difficult to pinpoint to one thing. Yeah. Um, but for sure, like, food, the food landscape, like, how big food has, like, changed since World War II, you know, and, like, the mass production and like our meat and dairy industry, like even with all this COVID stuff, I, I was actually kind of like needed to have this exposure on what's happening in the meatpacking industry. Like, you know, how they're all getting sick and so forced to work and they can't go to the bathroom. They're wearing diapers and all this stuff. And it's like, this is sucks. And this is like, again, it's like, this is like cruel humanity and all that. But it's also kind of like just exposing. Like this is what you eat though, like on the regular. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's different. It's different from what it used to be. Yeah. And I feel like our country is huge. <laughs> like 
we just have so many people to feed. There has to be a better way, but I feel like it became this way because there just always has to be food pumping out so people can eat. Honestly, it comes down to people making money. You know, the foods that they make are purposely addicting. So you keep on eating and wanting like one bag of chips isn't enough. You know, I got that second one. Like it's, and it's not for nutrition because like you don't need a bag of potato chips to like be nutrient. Like, I guess like it comes down to like a calorie deficit. Like if you're really struggling for food, of course, it's a whole other issue, but like it's not going to nourish you, but it is going to put money in their pockets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, money is the big driver here for sure. And the government is also now all tied up in the major meat packing industry and all of like the subsidized farms and all of that kind of stuff. It's now like a government issue at the same time as just talking about stuff that does not make me happy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, like, this is taking kind of a dark turn. <laughs> not ignoring stuff, you know, like, or you can still find happiness despite knowing this stuff and not turning a blind eye. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, heed our words, starting to change your eating habits if you are aware of that kind of stuff. is super important (laughs) it really is yeah (laughs) your personal sake you know even if like it doesn't you want to think on like a bigger scale it's just like for you as an individual it it helps (laughs) yeah i wish the government instead of putting money into those companies would just give everyone like a cow (laughs) a chicken and like a vegetable garden. <laughs> yes, allow us allow us to plant more gardens. Yeah. Um. So, did you hear about that? Like, I want to do like an indoor garden, actually, because I hear there's gonna be like food shortages in the fall, especially when like COVID, like second wave happens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. So, if you have any advice on that, I take it. I literally know nothing of gardening. <laughs> Which is terrible. <laughs> no, I don't either. Like, yeah, it's just never something that has interested me, and so I just never like learned about it. People but, get a PhD in like farming. Yeah, you know? so it's definitely I, complicated. It's not that easy. No, I went to Ithaca College, and Cornell has like a whole agriculture program that is cr- like half their campus is farmland. It's it's pretty That's crazy. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. I would maybe go back to school to be a farmer. Yeah. I think it's super important, especially nowadays. And it's happy. I feel like it does help you be present. It helps you learn how to live off the land and Mm -hmm. be one with nature, if you will. (laughs) It definitely does. Yeah. My extent of gardening knowledge is one herb plant on my windows. <laughs> yeah, I did that for a while too. And like, even then that was just like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was done. To get yeah. And I don't think they're supposed to last forever. <laughs> now mine is dying and my cat eats it too. So. <laughs> always eat plants. Yeah. But I love indoor plants. Like I have so many and I'm down with that. I'm just like, the gardening is not, 
for me. <laughs> Even I love my indoor plants too, but I have to repot some. Like I'm looking at one right now that's so overgrown and I really should like separate it. Yeah, that greenery. <laughs> it brings happiness. It does. It really does. <laughs> Again, also because we're tourists, so we really like nature stuff. Yeah. Very earthy. That's why I, you know, I'm a Capricorn moon too. So I know I'm like, earth, earth. earth. <laughs> I enjoy the finer things in life. Yeah. <laughs> Treat me like a queen. <laughs> exactly. For everyone listening, that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> Stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this earth is, is a very interesting place. Yeah. Do you believe in other dimensions? And like, Wait, like know? this question. <laughs> I, I do in like my soul, but like it's hard for me to like intellectualize it. So then I get like, uh, you know, <laughs> like the whole concept of like reincarnation even like, but then also having, I don't know, I feel like we physically inherit past trauma, like through epigenetics and like through familial line, right? Mm -hmm. But like we were also born from other like, like through the stars, different like lives. Oh my God, this is like really trippy. Like we're getting next level. <laughs> yeah, we're getting real meta, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like we were a combination of like, like direct human earth, trauma right but then also celestial you know yeah I think that makes sense I am 100% a reincarnation like it's real yeah. <laughs> I know it is and karma it's all tied together yeah. <laughs> but it's weird because I definitely also believe in other dimensions and like planets way out there and stuff and they always say, like, you could be reincarnated to one of those planets also on one of your soul journeys. Yeah. Or like, a piece of your soul could be on a different planet at the same time as what's happening right now. It's, so it's like, well, this is going to be a loaded question for sure. But, like, how can you be fully present when half of your soul is, like, on another planet? Yeah, but I feel like that is kind of what keeps you present. It's also like being able to connect with that because you can only really connect with it when you're present. You know, when you're yeah. like being distracted or using like forms of mechanism to avoid or dissociate that you you can't, like you're purposely doing those things so you don't connect with it because it whatever triggers inside of you, you know. That's a good answer. <laughs> but then yeah. this also is like aliens. Yes or no? <laughs> I think yes, but I don't think that they're here, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't see how this planet could be the only thing in like the whole universe with living things on it. Right? No. Yeah. Like, I don't see how that's even possible. So. See that there's this documentary, I think it's on Netflix, and I always forget it. And I'm really upset that I don't remember it right now. I think it's called, like, not, it's not undocumented or, like, unchartered or unlisted or something like that. Um, 
So basically how like the military budget, like how ginormous it is and how unchecked it is, like they don't even really have this, they don't submit for budgets. Like they're just asked for this money and they get it. And like part of it, it goes to this like specific department of like, for like kind of like the X-Files and how like talks about like specific encounters and how like it's a cover up to really um, keep people uncertain about like extraterrestrial creatures and also to kind of create a campaign of like to be scared of them if they come like we have to attack and evil but like really like of, like the encounters we've seen like they are more scared of us like they they watch us because they're like we've done so many fucked up things to the planet that's affected other planets and like in the universe like after like the atomic bomb like we had we started to get more like sightings on like military bases and stuff like that like, uh, it's so crazy and i'm just like now 100 percent like on board with it yeah no that does sound crazy i feel like i need to watch it yeah oh, i'm gonna look it up for you and like actually send it to you okay yeah. yeah i don't know it's weird like i'm on board with aliens but that sounds interesting. Yeah. And like, it's like, even when there's always those like memes that go around, like the humans are the only ones who like play into their own destruction, you know? And it's like, why are we so dumb? We have such big brains. I know. I feel like that's another thing. It's just like, everything is so divided. And I've definitely got on conspiracy rants on other episodes. Oh my God, yes. Come but on. I feel like... I don't know if I believe in like the Illuminati and all of that stuff, but I feel like it's a grand scheme to like keep us in our bubbles and worried and constantly thinking about right versus wrong, you know, and things aren't like, we're not supposed to be in duality like that. Well, it's actually, it ties into like so much of like your ethos, like with balance and, um, one thing I've really learned through tarot is how like there will always be polarity. Um, it's very natural of like humans. And I think one reason why humans struggle with it is because there is such safety in like one side or the other. And it's hard work, it's real spiritual work to find that like apex, right? Like, you know, how like the theme within tarot is like the trinity of things and it's always like those polarities and the merging or like the world how it's like the complete integration of it all and like that concept is so hard for us when we fight so hard to be right or to be wrong or like you're right or you're wrong this is like this and this that like that instead of realizing like I can understand where that person has a truth and like where this is a truth and like where do like our mutual truth needs to be like is it going to be for you or is it for the collective? Like in some way, like understanding and seeing people's perspectives and being able to like not have to land in that, like you're, you know, you're fucking wrong side, you know? Yeah, I agree. And it's just like, I feel like it does keep us in this bitter cycle. Like the only polar thing I won't stand for is hatred like I honestly don't get it I don't understand it yeah. but it's just like even if you don't agree with someone they're entitled to their opinion and I feel like that goes with reincarnation like 
this sounds crazy, but I feel like even serial killers, like, or people like that, they have their place in our society and they're also on a path to learning their lessons and like figuring out their own shit, whether in this life or the next one, but people have to figure it out for themselves, I think. And like a lot of it comes down to like, where I see where it's not right or wrong. It's because like, like a hundred percent, like what you said, like no tolerance for like hatred. But then like when I've had, I've had conversations with my husband and he's like saying like, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. And like, and I'm just like, you, they don't have their, their perspective is totally different. So this is why they see things that way and will not be able to see it the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not because I think, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, it doesn't, like, I don't need to qualify it. I'm just like, it's just, if I put myself like in their body and the world is completely different, you know what I mean? And that's impossible to change any which way, but like, it's like, that's just what it is, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, they just don't have the capacity. And I think that's what I was trying to say. Like, I believe, I don't believe karma is like, you do this and this will happen to you. Like, I feel like it has everything to do with reincarnation and coming back and having lessons to learn and the karma, like, dictates your lessons. So I feel like those people, maybe in a past life, I don't know, experience something completely different. So they come back and they have these experiences, which they can't break out of unless they do the work. But yeah. a lot of the times they can't or don't want to do the work. Yeah. Um, based on like their soul age and their karma and all of that kind of stuff. Like on a soul level, it's not possible for them to do it. It's also because like then they're not, or it's like that much harder because they're not given the tools to, you know, and yeah. I think that in our society and Western civilization, modern Western civilization, like we don't have an emphasis on like soul care, you know what I mean? Like that would be really cool. And like, yeah, that would be, I think it's so important then for us to work together, like for the human race, but like, we're so much about like the rugged individual, you know, like dog eat dog, like, I got to get my piece and like all of that. And so we don't really have like that guidance. Of course, like our parents do it to their best of their capability, but it's also like they're not given those tools either. And yeah. Yeah. It's just looking to change that. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like that's why I want people to connect to their happiness because it does put us together on a human level and I think people aren't often in touch with what makes them happy but we're all on the search for it whether we realize it or not you know (laughs) and happiness is so powerfully healing that like it really does I feel like when you shift into like the embodiment you truly feel like happiness and joy it's so healing where your body can just work at its like highest level instead of having to fight like all the toxicity and stuff that's going on. Like it really, I think changes like the gears internally on a physiological level. Yeah. 
it does. Being angry is just exhausting and stressful. And like, yeah, it does change the body and it changes the arteries and the heart and all of these things, like you were saying before, and the liver now, which I didn't know. But <laughs> you know, it, it takes a toll. And I also feel like that contributes a lot to the disease and the chronic problems that we have in this country as well. <laughs> Even doctors admitted that like stress is a killer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, don't, I think we take that as like so flippant, but like it, truly genuinely is detrimental and it's funny because like even with like in the practice of meditation right we have learned that breathing is automated but through meditation we learn how we can control our breath right and it's so weird because I think that happiness kind of does that like I said in physiological like things are automated like your cell breakdowns your absorption of minerals and glucose and like oxygen and all that is happen automated but I think like being present and finding a place of happiness and joy just like a meditation finding your breath and being able to change it like we change the automated you know in a conscious way yeah chaotic breath chaotic mind Mm -hmm. I always used to say that in my classes (laughs) but it's true you know what I always used to do in pharmacy? I'd always hold my breath. I'd always be like, yeah. oh my God, I haven't, I wasn't breathing for like the last 45 seconds, you know? Yeah, because I feel like the shallow breath and even holding your breath, it's like a mechanism of fight or flight. So you're like amped up and like, <laughs> you know, like getting ready to take off at all times. And your body is just in a constant state of like, I gotta go, you know? 100%. Yeah, that's exactly what it was for me. Yeah. Everyone should just take a moment and inhale deeply and exhale slowly. <laughs> meditation for us. I love your meditations. Oh, <laughs> uh, should I? Should I close with the meditation? <laughs> Ooh. Honestly, I would really love you to do like a meditation, like, uh, like, not playlist, like your recordings. Ooh, I should. I want to I wanna start doing some on-demand stuff, so I should do a meditation for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love meditation. I love teaching it. I think it's an invaluable tool. And I think even if you take two minutes to meditate, mm-hmm. just do it. Take whatever time you can. Yeah. Also, I think anything can become meditation. If you're washing the dishes, focus on washing the dishes. Like, don't drift off into your thoughts. Stay present, and that's meditation. Exactly. <laughs> and that's also one reason, like, I realized that I love reading because I will like, definitely use it, like, as, like, avoiding other things. Like, I'm just going to read, you know? And like, <laughs> it sounds like virtuous but it's really like I have a shit ton of stuff to do but I love it so much because like I disconnect from my thoughts like I literally don't like I'm in just in that story you know what I mean yeah I actually just started women who run with wolves run with the walls yeah is that the copy I gave you I gave you one, right? <laughs> it was to me like a year ago and I finally <laughs> just started it but I love it 
it's fascinating so far. And I love how it's based on like short stories. So it's like not because it's a big book, but like it's very like you can do like a section like a week almost or whatever, but it's fascinating. Like the amount of like buried feminine hood, like how the patriarchy just really just like the oppression of women. It was just like, damn, like that's how that story went. <laughs> you were a bad guy the whole time. <laughs> I know. I just finished thought about Bluebeard and how like, yeah, it was so crazy. And I feel like it correlates exactly to some inner work that I'm doing right now. So I was like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. But like, that needs to be like mandatory reading for every woman. Yeah. And every man. <laughs> right, you're right. You're right. Yes. I'm I think sorry. they would benefit from it too. Like, oh shit, we do do that. You know? yeah, yeah. But Yeah definitely a good read I'm only on page like 70 something but I'm already obsessed I can't wait to finish it <laughs> I should reread it yeah I'm True. reading this book called pain right now it's by this Israeli author and Ooh. basically so she was in a terrorist attack and that's like 10 years prior to where it starts and then like on the 10 year anniversary her pain like comes back like really abruptly and it correlates with like the memory of and also then eventually her running into like her ex. And it's really interesting. That does sound interesting. Oh, I need to stop with the books though. I feel <laughs> like I have so many on my shelf that I haven't ever touched. And I have so many on my Kindle that I also haven't read. So I'm making it my mission to watch less TV and read more. So I'm going to go back and forth between real book and Kindle. <laughs> yeah, do that. That's also a problem for me, like not being present as I start like 50 books at the same time. But I like never read them. <laughs> what planet or what house? Oh, yeah. Well, because you have your fifth house in Gemini. Oh. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So that's also why like Gemini, like multitasking, you know, doing lots, getting involved in lots of little things. Uh, that's me. That's totally me. <laughs> Even for work, I need to be doing like a million different things, you know. Yeah. Well, that's how you find joy and that's how you find happiness. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like you would get resentful or bitter that like, I want to do that. And like, you know. Yeah. I feel like that's why like corporate never worked for me because I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I also don't like being supervised. I'm a free spirit. Spirit, <laughs> <Yeah>, baby. <laughs> and your resume. <laughs> There's nothing else but free spirit. Ninety-nine too. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I don't need a resume anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy right now. Yeah, I feel like this pandemic though is like the perfect time to practice presence like it sucks I know everyone is over it but you know I feel like we should take this time where we don't have the same schedule that we used to and just learn how to just be <laughs> no 100% and I think that's also how like this you organically started this podcast because like being in the midst of all this you know and like having these conversations with your friends and stuff already, you know? Exactly. 
Yeah. And it just felt like the right next step for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, good place to go. And I feel very positive about it. It's been wonderful so far. It's very insightful. It's very interesting. Cause like happiness is such a big, like wellness topic, you know, these days. And like everyone's approach is so different. Like there was like the very scientific approach and there's like the, I don't know, the other way is just kind of like cerebral approach or like, you know, that stuff, but it definitely is a lot of people getting curious about it. Yeah. And I feel like with food, like it's so individual, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, my happiness is not going to be the same as yours or the next person's, but I think we should all be in touch with whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was talking about that with my brother this morning, because like he has to like move and like work out for him to feel like joy in his day. And like, he doesn't do it from a place of, um, you know, I've got to bulk up and do this. And it's just like, I really will be an irritable little bitch if I don't do this, you know? And like, for me, I don't really need that much movement. Like everybody needs movement. But like, for me, like my food is more critical. Yeah. Yeah. My, my brother is the same. He loves working out. I mean, he was an athlete for his whole life. He played hockey, and now he's not. What is my brother, roller hockey or ice hockey? Ice. Uh, Danny did roller. Oh, (laughs) that's so crazy. I feel like we're, like, life twins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we clicked right away, I think. (laughs) I feel like, for me, it's equal. Mm -hmm. I love movement, but I love food also. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. Happiness is so individual, but no one I've talked to so far has said, like, happiness is my cell phone or my car or whatever. Like, it's never, it hasn't been material goods for anybody, which, you know, I think is interesting. And it would also be a really, really short podcast. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Yeah, like, all right, what kind of car do you have? Great. (laughs) you're good that you would give that much patience to that (laughs) you know I'm not gonna judge what your happiness is but I feel like it's been something on a deeper level for everybody and even my brother who's only 20 was like it's having close family but even what my sister's 20 so that's really funny oh really (laughs) yeah like I feel like they're both very mature for their age Yeah, yeah And dealing with your sister, I thought she was older, for sure. (laughs) You have a deeper voice than me. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. It's it's been cool because happiness is from the soul. It's not from things that we have, you know. And it's so true. Like, nobody, I don't think, could ever actually say. Like, even the most materialistic person would, I think hesitate to say like it's like a material thing yeah we all really know on a human level that like it's something intangible and I think maybe that's why people are so interested and curious and more so because it's like we were talking about earlier like maybe it's not in these like external validations or like things and now we're just like hmm like let's explore this more yeah (laughs) for sure 
And I feel like that's also our karmic journey is to find that happiness. And we are, again, whether we know it or not, we're moving towards it. <laughs> so, and yeah. Logically based, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like your North node, which is like your karmic journey, like your North and your South node. And I think that's something really interesting to look at in like your individual charts. Like mine is in Pisces in my sixth house. So my North Node being Pisces in my sixth house, it's like Pisces, it's like spiritual and like sixth house, it's like everyday mundane tasks. So for me, it's funny because it's literally like, I interpret it as like finding the spiritual practice in like everyday and everyday practices and like my routines and stuff. And that's really something that I've been focusing on over the past few years and realize even before this journey like has been my journey because like my everyday routine and stuff has been so sacrificial and so like detrimental to my own health that I've, like after my Saturn return realized like was able to reframe it and actually pay attention to it but it has always been part of like my lesson to learn in life you know yeah oh I have like, to where's mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did my birth chart on the Chani Nicholas mm-hmm. website, but I don't think that that. No, she didn't. She doesn't do it in her book. She does like the planets. And this one's not a planet. It's like a mathematical point from like the time you were born. Cool. It's, it's something interesting to look at if you're curious with your karmic journey. Yeah, I am for sure. (laughs) I think I know what it is, but I'm still curious. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was a great combo. (laughs) Yeah, it got deep quick. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. But deep is good. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. We should do a tarot poll for one another (laughs) soon. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Deborah. Bye. Let us feel fun in every situation. Don't want this empty set in a decision. Hey, good vibration. You know? Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to Deborah's interview. It's always a lot of fun to be able to sit down and have some in-depth and insightful conversation with friends. Also, don't forget to check out her podcast, Whose Sign Is It Anyway? Um, If you love astrology, you'll definitely love her show. And even if you don't know too much about astrology, you can still tune in and kind of learn more about astrology and just get educated on it and see how insanely accurate it is. It's pretty scary, (laughs) but it's all, it's all really cool. So don't forget to check that out. And I was doing the post shows on the first three episodes and I didn't love the format because I was kind of qualifying everyone's journeys by placing them within the five keys of happiness and like slapping a label on it. And I didn't really think that was necessary. I feel like the stories themselves should just stand alone and not kind of be put into any category. Because as I always say, we're on different paths where each individuals and I think it was kind of daunting and maybe taking away from the interviews a little bit to kind of put them into a box. 
So instead of doing that, I'd love to offer like a little monthly challenge in the post show and kind of just give each of us ways that we can connect to these small moments throughout our day, throughout our week, month, or year, um, just to keep those things with us to make the journey a little sweeter, I think, Um, because it really is the little things that we have to hold on to to push on through. So this month, I would like to challenge everyone to reach out to someone that you haven't heard from or spoken to in a while. This is something I'm really trying to do. Um, It's kind of daunting. I feel like I have a few people in mind and I just keep putting it off like, oh, I'll, I'll contact them next week. And then next week comes and I don't do it. And that's not being very present. But uh, yeah, I feel like reconnection is important. And it builds a bond and it shows people that you haven't forgotten about them. And you genuinely do care about how they're doing. And I think that even just sending a simple text like, hey, how you doing? It's been a while. That in itself is just so nice to receive and you'll feel better for having sent it as well. So I am definitely working on this challenge with you and I hope that little moped riding by, catch me riding dirty. But (laughs) well, I guess that was more than a moped. That was definitely a full on motorcycle. (laughs) I'm working on that challenge with you. I am right there as well. And I think that that's a good place to start, even if it's just one person this month. I'm trying to do like every other day, I'll reach out to someone that I haven't spoken to in a while. I don't know if I even know that many people, but I'll keep it going for as long as I can (laughs) with with those peeps that kind of fell off my radar a little bit. So I definitely encourage you to do the same and definitely let me know how it goes. Drop me a line on email or Twitter. I changed the Twitter handle and the Instagram handle. So now they're both happiness underscore is underscore pod. And uh, you can email us, which is still the same project.happy.11 at gmail.com. But yeah, I'd love to hear how it goes. Let me know who you reached out to, why you reached out to them, and if you were able to reconnect, if you maybe went out and grabbed some coffee. I don't know. I want to know all about it. All right. I think I'm going to end it there. Don't forget to work on your challenge. Don't forget to check out Deborah's pod. And yeah, until the first of the month for with our mini-sode, I'll see you later, Gators. Happiness Is is recorded by Lisa Samuels from her apartment in Sunnyside, Queens. Episodes are edited by Laura Estefan. Theme music is Let Me Feel Fine by Don Valdez featuring M to Say. 
please send all email submissions to project.happy.11 at gmail.com. That's project.happy with an IE.11 at gmail.com. For all other inquiries, please visit our website at happinessispod.com. Until next time, peace out, Cub Scouts.